There we go. Now there's a flashing recording button and a timer going. All right. Welcome back to What's Next. Uh, we are on our Heritage Day um, podcast. This is take two. Uh, we had a great conversation and we're starting to wrap it up. And then I realized I never hit the record button. So we are on take two. So hopefully this is as good or better than the first conversation. <laughs> Well, I hope so. We, we may repeat ourselves and go, did I say that or think that before? <laughs> That's good. So we have started the series on habits of healthy people. And um, it's been really good. Started last week with speaking uh, scripture. And now we're talking about prayer through panic, praying through panic. Uh, because we all have moments of panic in our life. Like, let's be honest. Every one of us has panicked over something. Some people have larger episodes of panic, but we all have panicked, all have found ourselves in stress or anxiety over some situation. It just manifests in different ways. And so that's what we're talking today is how do we respond to uh, panic in our lives? How does prayer play into that? And, uh, and Pastor Jay, you started off with Ephesians chapter six, verse 18 as kind of the framework for the conversation. So I don't know if you just want to kind of unpack some of those keys that you found in Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. Yeah, for sure. Let me let me read Ephesians 6, uh, verse 18, and, and let me echo what you said about the series, Habits of Healthy People. I think we all want to be healthy. I don't think there's anybody that would make the choice. Yeah, I really I really like uh, unhealthiness. <laughs> I think we all want to, to live a good life, have a good life in, in all areas, physically, relationally, financially, mentally, and as we're trying to focus spiritually. So, as we're putting this before uh, our thoughts today and trying to keep it as, as clear and specific as possible, what does prayer and panic, how do they kind of have any kind of connection? So we started with prayer and I started with Ephesians six eighteen. It says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So from this verse, we get some powerful principles about prayer. You can pray at all times, that doesn't mean you have to wait till you get to church or wait till you get home and kneel beside your bed or uh, meet with somebody to pray. You can pray at all times. You can pray on every occasion. doesn't matter where you are, what's going on. You can be praying, staying alert when uh, needs come and uh, situations arise. Hey, those are times to put it to prayer and you can be persistent. That's uh, what Jesus himself was saying about keep coming back, keep asking. It's okay. Uh, don't be afraid to do that. So uh, these are great principles for us just as we begin the discussion on prayer and, and how it can be a part of our life. And so when we have a, a moment of panic, whether it's a panic episode or just a moment of tension, anxiety, um, there's often some physical reactions that we have, um, you know, like I like my dark chocolate candy bar. Um, <laughs> that really helps me out. Uh, right. I know people who um, they work out. There's all kinds of physical reactions that we have to panic and some are negative. There are some very negative unhealthy habits. Like my wife gets after me for biting my nails, um, but there's <laughs> different, you know, there's different physical manifestations, but we often forget that we are spiritual beings. Yeah. And so praying through our panic really is saying, we have to remember that there's more to us than just the physical nature, the physical aspect, but we need to address the spiritual side of who we are. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and I think what we have, what we can tend to do is we tend to leave the spiritual 
conversation, the spiritual practices until the very last resort. Mm -hmm. And we think, okay, nothing else is working. Maybe something will, will work if I get spiritual. And uh, <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll do all of the, the human fleshly, um, you know, the, the, the human nature kinds of things, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with breathing and slowing down our breathing and calming ourselves and, and you know, just letting good deep breaths go into our, our body to deal with anxiety and, and worry and panic in our life. That's, that's a good thing. I think it's a God design thing. I just want to propose that if we are indeed created as spiritual beings as well, does God have something to say to us about how that, how he has practices and habits that will truly speak to uh, our life and speak to our panic? Yeah, I mean, I think so often our response of doing the spiritual after we try everything else is basically saying, God, I tried to control the situation. I tried to <laughs> fix it myself. Yeah. I couldn't. So now it's your turn. And yeah, instead right. of saying, okay, God, like this is like, you just take control and then I'll follow your lead. Right? Yeah. It's, well, it's that's totally correct. different. And that's where I was trying to say, you know, one of the things about prayer that it really shows us is that we are not God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah, I was trying to be God. I was trying to take care of all this stuff, but obviously I can't do this. So uh, I guess I'm not God. I guess I really do need him. And what we discover is God is actually inviting us to communicate with him about everything, no matter what it is. Uh, and so if we're talking today specifically about panic, worry, fear, those kinds of things, then that's part of the everything. So why aren't we willing to let him show us and teach us how to pray? Yeah, and one of the great things about that teach us how to pray, it comes from this passage in Matthew chapter 6, and you talked about how like the disciples growing up, even as early as children, they were taught how they were supposed to pray according to their culture, like they had a prayer every Friday night for Shabbat, they had uh, for Sabbath, they had prayers for different aspects of their lives, um, like they were steeped in prayer and in memorizing scripture, and yet in all of that, as disciples, as adults, they came and said, Jesus, like, teach us really how to pray. Like, there's something different about the way Jesus was communicating with the Father, with God, that they're like, you've, you've got to teach us how to pray. Like, there's something more to this yeah. than what we've been taught. Yeah, so the Lord's Prayer, as we know it from Matthew 6, what I love about that is the attitude of the disciples I mean, they could have said, you know, we've, we've got prayer down. So Jesus teaches other stuff, but they really were open. They, and when you think of a disciple, the key word is a learner. And a learner is someone who's open to learn, which means they have a teachable heart. So for all of us, what we can take away from that is as much as we have been taught how to pray, or we have seen prayer, or we think we know how to pray really, um, the disciples, they, they should have known this stuff, but they really asked. So why don't we do the same? Why don't we ask God, teach us how to pray as you want us to learn how to pray. And of course, if you dive into the Lord's prayer, there's all kinds of powerful principles and truths that come from that. We didn't really go into it in the message, but I did want to capture that the heart attitude that all of us can really have. And that is teach us how to pray. Let us really learn what prayer is all about so that we can, see how prayer can actually uh, be a part of helping us pray through our panic. Yeah. And I think something that's so powerful about that wanting and willingness to learn how to pray 
is taking a moment to actually do that, to find somebody we can learn from. I know in my own life, like when I was in high school, I found uh, there was this lady at the church that we were attending who was just a powerful prayer warrior, very charismatic, a different type and style of praying and connecting with God. And so I just asked her, can I learn from you? Will you mentor me in prayer? And so we got together every week for a year and she taught me how to pray. She showed me how she prayed. We prayed together and I learned so much. Uh, and then as I got older, uh, I continued to read a, a really powerful book uh, was Tim Elmore's Pivotal Prayer. Uh, and in there, he had like this 911 prayer. And it was this, it's very short, but written out prayer for those moments where like, I'm so panicked, I don't know what to do. I can't think on my feet. So I just have this prayer. And that led me to then getting uh, seeking how to pray from a, a Catholic priest who's a friend of mine because his prayer life was much more scripted. So he showed me how that works. And so learning other styles of prayer, other ways that people are connecting with God and adapting that so that I can connect with God in all sorts of situations when I'm feeling that panic or that worry. It's so, so freeing. I, I agree. I mean, I, I remember uh, mighty prevailing prayer. I think the author is Wesley Duell. And hearing that years ago when I first started in ministry and someone that was just solid and in, 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 entrenched in prayer, uh, a current writer that I love to read uh, is Mark Batterson. And he has a book, I think it's called Whisper, and, uh, or he's got Circle Maker too. And so he's got a, two, two or three books on <laughs> prayer. Uh, I just came across another book just the other day in my library. I didn't know I had it. Uh, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so practical. It's so down to earth. And and so, yeah, we can all uh, keep growing and keep learning. I remember uh, a colleague way, way back when I was working on a youth convention when we lived in the U.S. And and he and I were uh, rooming together uh, for an executive meeting. And we were just having a conversation, catching up on life. And all of a sudden, he just said, Father, he just started into a prayer. And Father, I just want to bring this person before you. And I can't remember the exact prayer, the content of the prayer. I just remember that he didn't say, hey, can we stop for a minute and pray? Or would you mind if I prayed? He just started praying. And uh, I was like, you, who does that? <laughs> you can do that? Like, aren't we supposed to like kind of prepare ourselves for this? <laughs> and, and it was just like, just in that own, he wasn't, he didn't he wasn't like discipling me. He wasn't like uh, trying to teach me. He just was living out a life of prayer. Well, wow. Did it ever disciple me and teach me though? And I have used that, I, that style of prayer um, so many different times in my life. And I found it to be so helpful. So I think all of us can develop and learn and grow. And so, yeah, teach us how to pray. It's like, do we have the desire and the willingness and that teachable spirit to learn how to pray. And I believe if we will develop our prayer life, it will have a tremendous impact on the things in our life, including panic. And uh, that's so great. One of the things that you shared with us is um, these scriptures that we could use as prayers. Uh, you had Psalm 118, verse 6, Psalm 27, verse 1. Psalm 94, 19, Proverbs 3, 24, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. And these are scriptures that we can, can memorize, we can write down. I know for me, mine is Psalm 91, verse 4. Um, I've memorized it, but I also like to just read it from 
uh, my Bible app. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. And to have that at hand, to know that it's always with me when words are failing, when I don't know where to turn or what to do in a situation, it's so powerful and so freeing. And it actually even goes back to last week about speaking scripture into our situation, right? And so here we are, we're speaking scripture into our lives, we're praying into our panic, and, and the spirit then is being invited to, to show up and to move and to take control of the situation. Yeah, And, and it's we, so freeing. I agree. And like, if we, I mean, some people say, you know, when you think of scripture, you can speak it, but what if you took scripture and you prayed it? And, and you learned how to take a scripture that means something to you or, or it speaks to the specific need or concern you have and you're praying that scripture. So let me just take, for example, Psalm 118, verse six, it says, the Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? And if we turn that into a prayer, it would be like, Lord, thank you that you are for me. Thank you that you love me. You protect me. You are watching over me. And there really is no need for me to fear anything in this world. And especially when people have their opinions and their views and uh, they want to say what they want to say that's going to put me down or is going to influence me negatively. God, I am going to trust you that you have things in control. And so I'm not fearing and I'm going to let you have all things right now. So it could be like that. We're just using the scripture as a way to pray it before God. Yeah, and uh, you shared this one earlier uh, from Proverbs chapter three, and it's so much better than what we were taught as kids. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That's a really creepy prayer, honestly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Something a little wrong with it. But in that, there is this little nugget of truth that we can use about in prayer is... um, um, about leaning into God and that when we lean into him, uh, that he will keep our path straight and our feet won't stumble. And we can go to bed without fear and you will yeah. lie down and sleep soundly and yeah. that, that rest in the comfort of God's spirit. Yeah. And I mean, that, that speaks to me and I know everybody has their own way to process a message like this. And especially in the area of panic and worry and anxiety uh, that verse, Proverbs 324, uh, as I was studying and, and coming across that this week, I was like, man, th- this is a very cool verse. Because in my life, I don't necessarily panic and worry too much during the day. Uh, I just, it's not something that's kind of part of my framework and, and my being. But for some reason, I have over my life found myself, if, I, if I'm carrying too much anxiety, it, it tends to show up at night and uh, and I can wake up in a panic, not quite a panic attack, but panic in that I'm sweating and feeling overcome. And so this verse was just like, how can I just keep praying? God, give me a, a sound sleep, you know, mm. help me to lie down and just really know that uh, I'm going to sleep well tonight because you've got my back. You, you, you're watching over me. Amen. That's so good. That's so good. And I think that plays into this. Uh, this passage that, or this this phrase that you shared, uh, that I found really powerful to me. You said, "Panic 
worry, and fear are siblings living in the house called anxiety. And for me, I was like, oh, that, like, I struggle with anxiety. I've struggled with some depression in my life. And a lot of that is because I've allowed panic, worry, and fear to build up and I haven't addressed them in a healthy way. Um, I haven't learned to pray through it. And there's, there's more to it. I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not discounting the physical side of, of things. And, um, you know, if you need medication for anxiety or depression, I'm certainly taking some as well. But there is this sense where sometimes we just don't deal with it. We allow panic, worry, and fear to live together and invite us into the house of anxiety. And we're just, we just stay there. We're just like, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to get out. And it's so contrary to what the scripture says when the scripture says that we are actually the temple, the house of the Lord. And Mm -hmm. the spirit is asking to live within us rather than for us to live within in anxiety. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Panic, worry, and fear, all those kinds of things are not authored by God. He's not the one who is bringing them to us. Uh, he's helping us through them. Those come as a result of our humanity, you know, traumatic events, uh, major life stresses, you know, learned family traits. There's all kinds of triggers when it comes to panic and uh, fear. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit of a raspy throat here. <coughs> but the, the, the fact is, if we're not careful, they will be kind of like wild children that are uncontrollable <laughs> in a in a home that... Uh, it's just like, it's chaotic. It's crazy. Um, and that, that home can come from, um, not taking care of, uh, and not learning how to manage and pray through and face the fears. I kind of referenced the, it's like, if you went camping and you pitched your tent and then you took it down and you went, went away. Uh, okay. So it was just a, it was an episode. It was an experience, but if, but if you went camping and a person said, you know, I, I like this spot, uh, actually, and nobody's claiming it. So I am squatters' rights, man. I'm taking up <laughs> residence here, and uh, and then you take up residence, and the camping tent turned into a shack, and then the shack turned into a house, and it's like, what in the world's going on here? Like this thing is like taking over, and if we're not careful, that's what the worry and anxiety and fears of life uh, create that panic for us. That it's like this is controlling me. I, I don't know what to do with this. And I, I'm just proposing, I believe God has something to say to us about how our prayer life can speak into that. Yeah, one of the great things that you did in the message was uh, compare <clears throat> prayer and panic. And I had never, I had never considered it this way, but you had these three things that prayer does and panic does that can be the same, that are the same, but have totally different outcomes. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know, would you be willing to share those? Cause I, I think to, yeah. to me, they are powerful. Yeah, for sure. And again, I, I wanted to present this from the perspective of, you know, when you think of a, a panic situation, sometimes you go, you think, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? As if like, there's no place for prayer. So I was just trying to say, if we have some similarities here in this, between these two words, maybe it will help us next time we're faced with a situation. So when we think of panic, hey, it's abrupt. It it can be sudden. It can come without notice. And so as I've already said, prayer can be that way too. 
you can just start praying. Uh, there doesn't have to be an announcement. There doesn't have to be an invitation. It can just be, we can just start praying. So I think there's a, a crazy cool way in which both of those have that same principle of it. can just start out of nowhere. Uh, when we think of prayer and panic, panic uh, wants to have a power to take over us. And it's like, uh, it's going to control us. It's going to uh, just kind of overwhelm us. Well, you know what, when we are praying and praying beyond our devotional prayers, there's nothing wrong with devotional prayers. Lord, be with us. Lord, be with that person. Lord, uh, we ask you to help us. I mean, those are good prayers and important. But when we are praying powerful prayers, dangerous prayers, prayers of uh, courage and strength and, and calling on the power of God, it's like God then takes over. And that's pretty cool. And then the third thing is with panic, uh, there can be other things that come alongside panic to help a person. So from a human perspective, you know, you can breathe, you can calm yourself, you can, uh, you know, try to uh, settle your spirit in different ways, try not to do unhealthy things that will compound the issue. Uh, but you can add things to address the panic. But the same thing is true with prayer. You can be praying, but you can take scripture as, as we already have. We're praying scripture or we're calling on a brother or sister in Christ to talk with and pray with uh, through the situation. Uh, or we can just, again, quiet our hearts with the Lord through prayer and rest in him. So I, I just thought it was helpful to say there's there actually are some some of the basic core things here. But if prayer has its way, it can really help us uh, deal with the panic. That's awesome. And so as we start to come to a close here, you had shared this great quote from Beth Moore. And I think we really need to uh, talk about um, this, this quote about fears and how they are fillers yeah. um, because it's so true in our lives. Yeah. Beth Moore uh, writes this quote and she says, fears are fillers, mind, heart, and soul fillers. Mm. Satan fuels them because they leave little space for the filling of the Holy Spirit and the welcome flood of divine love. So when we think of fillers that want to basically leave no room for the power of God and the filling of the Holy Spirit, uh, if we're not careful, that's kind of like the squatter's rights, uh, same principle. It's like, okay, hey, I'm here. I'm taking over. Uh, you're not going to push me out. Um, and it's almost like it, it says that I have the right to be here. And then we are can be so wound up that we're, there's really not the uh, margin or the space for the Holy Spirit to fill us and work in us. And so I thought that was a very powerful uh, statement uh, for us on, on this topic. Yeah, uh, Jesus said that the greatest commandment, the most important thing of our lives is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And yet if fear is filling our heart, our soul, our mind, it's also taking out our strength. And how can we love the Lord our God if we're filled with fear? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and how do we love our neighbors if we can't love, love God, if we're sapped of our strength because we're so full of fear? Yeah. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 uh, comes to, to mind as you're sharing that. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Mm -hmm. So, you know, God's not the one, he's not the author of that uh, fear and worry and panic, 
but he does say, hey, there's power and there's love and there's self-discipline that's available. And so that's where I think if we can get a hold of that scripture and say, Lord, teach us more, help us to understand even more and more what it is to pray that way or to, to have that kind of a heart of prayer, then I believe we're on the right track. And so if you are one of those people, and I say one of those people, there are a lot, there are a lot out there who have said to me, I know they've said, I'm to, said it to you, Jay, like, I just, I just don't know how to pray, or I can't pray out loud, or I just can't do this. Um, that's fear talking in your life, really. Uh, yeah. that, that's the biggest opportunity to pray, uh, yeah. to pray through that panic moment of, I don't know how to do this. Like, yeah, you do. It's, it's a relational conversation. It's just talking to God. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the way you've heard somebody else do it. You are uniquely wired to talk to God the way he designed you to talk to him. So start with that. Yep, that's right. I mean, I would say, as I shared in the message today, if there's one thing that I have probably heard in all the years that I've been in ministry, I've heard it as common as anything else, any other statement I've heard, and it goes across all the churches I've been in, all of the believers, the Christians I've, I've uh, been a part of uh, ministering to or serving. And that is this statement. Like I, I, I don't know how to pray and I'm afraid to pray. Hmm. And it's like, some of it is people thinking, what if I say the wrong thing? Um, you know, I'm not worthy. I, I, I wouldn't be able to pray a prayer like so-and-so. I mean, all of the different responses, reasons, excuses that we would come up with. And, and people have said, I just can't pray in public. I just can't do it. And so it's like, well, what if we practiced it? What if we actually, on our own, by yourself, what if you practiced praying out loud? You might go, oh, my goodness. Like, I have a hard enough time hearing my own voice talk about anything. I mean, how would I ever, uh, talk, how would I ever pray out loud and feel good about that? Well, that's, that's like anything in life. You have to practice. And, you know, it's not practice makes perfect. It's practice makes possible. So why not just practice it and see what God does through that? And how uh, we might grow and we might actually learn that Jesus is teaching us how to pray because we're actually putting some effort and some uh, energy into it. And uh, I think it would really be a, a great thing. I know uh, we talked about this, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. Um, you know, we often invite people who are hillsiders to pray in service uh, so it's not just the pastors doing the prayer, but that there's a hillsider who we know has a love for the Lord, a connection with the Lord to pray. And often the first response is, no, I'm not ready to do that. Right. Uh, but somehow uh, Pastor Sharon convinced him to do it anyway. Uh -huh. And um, uh, But the power of their prayer, because there is no pretense, there right. is no... Um, you know, I have to do this, but just, you know, the, like, let's, let's just try it. Just, just say what's on your heart and that's going to be good enough. I know every time that's happened, like it has impacted the pastoral staff and the staff in general and other people have been there to hear it. Just, it, it comes across so powerfully and so mightily because you're, they're allowing the spirit to just speak through them and they're just sharing what's on their heart, what God's placed upon them. Absolutely. Like today, today, if you want to watch the services, actually in the nine o'clock service, one person prayed in the 11 o'clock, a different person prayed two weeks ago, same thing. 
We had a person pray in the nine o'clock, another person pray in the 11 o'clock. And man, I was so uh, like enriched and encouraged mm -hmm. and inspired by how each of those four people and those, you know, two different services on two different Sundays, how they prayed. And I was just like, oh God, this is so, so good. And I love the authenticity, the genuineness, uh, just the way, like you say, that they're, they're praying in the spirit and God was using those prayers. Um, and if they don't know this, they were using those prayers to encourage me, even as I was getting ready to stand and preach. And yeah. uh, so it's just, I think it's very, very powerful. Like what you say. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So the, the summary at the end of the message, the, the takeaway, the action was to read. And we've, we've talked about a few books that you can read, listen, there's great podcasts, right now media, but then at some point you've got to get to that practice. Yeah. Even if it's just on your own, in your room, pray out loud. Um, and it, it, sometimes it's not just practicing in the sense of um, I've never done this before. Sometimes the most powerful prayers in my life um, I've gotten into like a closet and I've prayed out loud because I just needed to audibly speak the words that were grieving my heart yeah. and, and pray out loud. Uh, and that that's part of it. So don't be afraid to speak out loud, even if nobody's around and pray out loud and, and hear yourself uh, cry out to God. Yeah, that's good. I mean, think, think of it on back to that verse, Ephesians six, eight on every occasion. So um, you know, maybe it would be, maybe you'd feel a little awkward if you're riding the, the bus to work, <laughs> started praying out loud, you go, okay, I, I can give that to you. That might, you might feel a little awkward to do that. But if you're driving a car and you're by yourself and you just decided I'm going to start, start praying as I'm driving, why not give it a go? I know most of you are singing in your car anyway, so why not pray? Absolutely. Exactly. And you know, you go for a walk, you go for a hike. Why not on the hike? Or on the walk, just start praying out loud. Um, you know, the beauty of nature will love it. And uh, <laughs> and God will think it's fantastic too. So, I mean, no matter where we are, what we're doing, why not give it a try and, uh, and start to address any fears that we may have that I just can't, I can't pray out loud. It's, it's just not me. Well, I don't know about that. If you had to call out to somebody to get away from a dangerous situation, I think it would just come out of you. You would just go, watch it, get out of the way. You know, I mean, you would you would just do it because you knew there was a desperate urgency to it. So it's it's more so uh, being willing to give it a try, and it doesn't have to be like perfect because there isn't a perfect prayer. the The best prayer is one that's authentic and real, and genuine. I I love it when people will pray and they'll start off with things like. Well, uh, okay, God, well, here I am. And uh, yeah, well, um, I guess it was a good day. And and they're just starting to have a conversation. And I go, that, I, I just love it. I, I just, mm. I wish I could be around that versus someone who feels like everything has to be so spoken, the right tone, uh, the right cadence of words. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. But genuineness and authenticity is so critical and uh and praying is like that just just be real with god mm -hmm. thank you pastor jay that's been just a phenomenal word around habits for healthy people praying through our panic addressing panic in our life so the next time you're feeling panic don't make it your last response make it your first response 
to enter into prayer and to seek God to control in your life. That is really where you want to be. Yeah. And if I can say this, Mike, you know, sometimes people might say, well, I've tried that before and it didn't work. And you go, okay, so is there anything else in life we've tried? And we said, well, I'm going to go back and try it again, right? Uh, maybe, it's, it, maybe it won't be the greatest thing for the first two or three or four times or 10 times. Who knows? But that doesn't mean it's time to give up. It doesn't mean it's time to throw in the towel and go, well, prayer just doesn't work. It just is it's useless. It's like, well, no, maybe we're just not quite getting it yet. And maybe it's going to take some time. And if we can just keep that open heart, teach us how to pray, then you know what? I think there's going to be great things that will transpire. Maybe it will take a bit of time, but that's okay. Uh, God's patient. He'll be working with us. <laughs> and, uh, and I think we will find ourselves stronger and uh, facing things in life, including panic, worry, and fear. And we'll be able to do it through prayer. That's great. Thank you, Pastor Jay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. As we head into this next uh, Sunday, what is this next Sunday's habit that we're addressing? Well, the habit uh, is going to be around the topic of confession. Oh, wow. And so it's, it's understanding that we all can live uh, in, in that thing of lies, you know, believing lies. And uh, sometimes there's lies that we don't even know we're believing. So one of the greatest uh, ways that we can live a healthy life is to live a clear and clean life. And uh, confession is one of those. So transparency, uh, being vulnerable, uh, being accountable, you know, the things that are going to truly help us to be healthy. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll likely go into this whole concept, but it's, it's kind of a term that maybe people have heard, but we're, we're as sick as our secrets. Mm -hmm. And uh, we all have things in our life that probably the best thing for us to do is not carry the secret anymore, but to truly confess it, to be open about it. And man, I'll tell you what, when we live a clear and clean life, uh, we are so much more healthy. So that's what we're going to focus on this coming Sunday. That's great. Really looking forward to it. Um, that's all for this What's Next podcast. We do invite you to join us back on Thursday this week at 3 p.m. as we launch our Revelation special series podcast. Uh, we're really looking forward to that. Pastor Daniel and I will be hosting that with a few special guests that we're working on lining up. So please join us on Thursdays at 3 p.m., Mondays at 4 p.m. for the What's Next podcast. Hope you have a great few days and we'll see you soon. Take care.